0: Good day, dear listeners. Steve Preda here with the Management Blueprint Podcast. And today's guest is Brandon Patterson, the CEO of GeoKey, Inc., a cloud-based mobile access solution to doors, gates, elevators, padlocks, and more. Brandon, welcome to the show. Thanks, Steve.
1: Happy to be here.
0: It's great to have you here. And I'm very curious about some of the stuff that you have Going and you've come up with and your businesses. Actually, there's another business which we haven't even talked about, but I will ask you about. So tell me, Brandon, how you got here. I mean, you previously founded and ran different organizations, including a non-profit, a co-working space, for real estate companies, and an agricultural equipment auction platform, if I'm not mistaken. So how did you end up founding an access solutions business? on top of this?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting story for sure. So I'm a third generation entrepreneur. It's kind of in my blood. We just, uh, we're serial entrepreneurs. We like to find problems and turn them into revenue generating machines. So one of the businesses that we had was 24 seven fitness clubs. And as we were in the clubs, you know, you have key fobs to get in. Well, people were fobbing in, but it wasn't the paying member. I said, hmm, I'm lacking security and I'm losing money. And I don't have data analytics. And every time I want to meet up with somebody to give them a gym membership, I have to physically meet them. I said, there's got to be an easier way of doing this. What's the one thing we always have on us? It's our phones. Can that be the key? And so I looked into the market and there were some companies doing it. But the difference is, is that they were manufacturing their own hardware solution and then putting a cool app on top. And I said, well, I don't, I'm not an engineer. I don't want to get it into inventory. What are the big unicorn companies doing? Well, they're cloud-based overall solutions, but they don't own their components. So Uber doesn't own the taxis platform. Airbnb, doesn't own the real estate platform. Could I take that same methodology to access control, be the platform for all these different hardware solutions? And so that's what I did. Bootstrap, found a couple of guys. We bootstrapped the whole thing, built the technology, ended up getting a patent on using your location services to authenticate the access, hence the name GeoKey. It's a geolocated key. And started calling up these billion dollar manufacturers, global manufacturers and saying, hey, can you open your API up to us? And that was no easy task. They were like, who's this guy? And so I just worked my way in. I'm more of a sales CEO, if you will. And so I talked about relationships and you don't want to, you're a hardware company. You don't want to build the software and do new feature builds and support and all of these different things and maintenance. Let us be that. We'll partner with you. And they said, huh, no one's doing that. That's a good idea. Let's do it. And so they did open up their APIs. We made partnerships. And now we have a, a bunch of global brands like Axis Communications, Carry Systems, No-Key, Master Lock, and the list goes on. And we're hardware agnostic. So we can go into facilities if it's an apartment complex or a manufacturing facility or a small business and say, we can do this type of hardware for your exterior doors and handles and deadbolts for interior and padlocks. And these are all different manufacturers under one cloud-based umbrella. So that was kind of the journey. There was a lot of ups and downs, but we're here now. And- now we're in five countries and 40-some states, and our team is growing, and it's just so much fun building GOP.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And so all these hardware manufacturers, they also have a technological component so, so you can connect to them, right? It's not just a mm-hmm. hardware. It's not like a, a traditional lock, which has no technology in it. All these hardware companies, they already have technology in their locks.
1: Yeah, exactly. So they'll have their firmware in there. And so sometimes they're IP controllers. So then we do a cloud based integration. Um, We don't require readers when we do that. And so when we talk to people, okay, where do you put the reader on the door? Oh, no, we don't do that. And we're one of the only companies that have made that happen. Or maybe it's a Bluetooth connection. So there's the firmware in like a padlock or, or a handle. And then you're talking directly to those handles. So it's very flexible. Being hardware agnostic makes you very flexible in the way people can have access control. So you can create. Very customized solution, but not compromise on the security measures that they need.
0: Well, so while we are talking about GeoKey, you mentioned something that really kind of uh, took my attention or freaked my attention, which was that you bootstrap this company. Yes. How did you bootstrap it? Most tech companies like yours are venture back because the whole idea is you want to conquer the market as fast as possible before a competitors catch on. So how did you not have to do that? And how do you even fund this company from scratch? That comes is very, very rare.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we fund it out of our own pockets and then it was late, late nights. You know, you do your day job and then in the evening times you do these meetings and you game plan, and you strategize and you, and you code and you're doing sales calls after work to go do those and you're running around making relationships and that's what you do. You just make it work. It's long hours, it's little sleep, but... If as long as you have that long-term vision, that long-term goal, say, I know where I'm going. I trust my team. I'm going to put in these hours because this isn't forever. Uh, and it's those, you know, those sacrifices that you make that you have to take to get to the next level. It's your auntie to have a successful business.
0: So your team members, did they also treat this as a side gig?
1: Yeah, we at the beginning we all did. You know, it was all just a side thing. We believed that it was going to take off. And of course, along the way, we had people saying, No. Key fobs are never gonna go away or no, you know, no one's gonna use the phone and and you know, this is never gonna work. And so of course we had people telling us this, but we just we had faith and we just we we're like, we're gonna make this happen. So glad we stuck with it because we are where we are today.
0: Wow, that's really cool. So the way you got here though is you have some really smart frameworks that I like to dig into a little bit. So one of the frameworks that you use, you call it the three C's framework of marketing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: how does this work and how did you discover it?
1: Well, when it comes to, you know, we talk about the art of persuasion of an early adopter product. And so we talk about, okay, how do we get people looking for or interested in a technology that they don't even know about? Because one thing we, we learned the hard way, we dumped a bunch of money into PPC marketing. So pay-per-click on Google and social media and, and YouTube and those types of things. Well, what we found out is that people aren't looking for this because they don't know the pain point. So what we created was called the three C's. It's what is your customers doing today? And what are their pain points? What's the competition doing? And how are we better? What's our value proposition to win over that? And then using creativity to land on their ears and their eyes to say, what what was that? And spark their interest. And so that's the approach of the three C's of marketing. So, you know, we look at our customers today, what are they doing? Well, that's high-priced security solutions. It's keep-ups. It's the same problems that I had as a business owner, why I came up with the thing GeoKeep. So we have that. Then we look at what the competition's doing. Okay, the competition, you have to use their hardware. You know, it's high-priced. You know, it's different things like that. Okay, let's not do that. Let's make it so it's, it's a more affordable price. And they're getting a ton of support because that's kind of unheard of. And it's a flexible technology. Okay, that's how we're going to be different. That's how we're going to separate ourselves in a very saturated market. And then the creativity part. Okay, PPC isn't working. Why? Because it's an early adopter product and nobody's Googling this. Mm-hmm. So how do we get out there? Okay, it's with relationships. So let's think of creative ways to get out there and, and different networking things or a video spotlight where they go, what? Or sending free demos and installing on offices of people that would resell it. And so they're using it every day and they then they feel it and they see it and they get the they get that. So you have to be creative and different in your marketing because traditionally, especially with an early adopter product, they're not going to see the value because they don't know that there is value yet to show it.
0: Yeah, this is fascinating. And it really segues well into the previous episode we recorded, which was, which was about sequ- sequential release of the different functions of the business, sequential function release. And Rob Ashland, he talked about how he uh, actually systemized the different parts of his businesses. And the last one he did was marketing. And he talked about why marketing is so strategic and why so few people do marketing well. And And I love how you explain that there is this analytical part uh, of it when you analyze your customer, what, what are the needs? And then you research your competition uh, so that what are the gaps in the market which no one is covering? And then how do you communicate something a novelty to the market that they are not even aware that they have this pain. They, they have the pain, but they haven't articulated what the problem is. Yep. How do you get, uh, get to them? And you're using the partnership approach through these major access control manufacturers that already have the captive market. So you basically are tapping into their relationship. This is very creative mm-hmm. and it's very, very strategic. So I, I love it. So you're the customer. It's kind of analyzing and synthesizing and then coming up with a creative solution to reach your customer. Love it. You know, a lot of people think that marketing is just a mechanical thing. It's about posting on social media and networking and getting out there. And then they can hire these mercenary marketers who will do it for them. And they miss the creativity piece, which which is the -hmm. the, the geo key in this whole uh, equation, right? Right, yep. Love it. So awesome framework. Uh, well, so I wanted to make an exception in your case. Normally, we only discuss one framework because otherwise it gets overwhelming, but you had this other concept, which is so fascinating. I really want us to talk about that as well. And you call it the North Star Challenge. Mm-hmm. So you talked about how you uh, you motivate your employees using the North Star Challenge. So, so please share with uh, our audience a little bit about what that North Star Challenge is and What are the kind of questions that you asked?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, I love talking about this one because culture is so important to me. If you're not taking care of your employees and your staff and treating them like a customer, they're not going to go the extra mile and treat your customers the way they should be treated. So Mm -hmm. they have to be a customer to me first. But before they're a customer, I have to learn about them. I have to build trust. I have to build a relationship. So there's this thing. I learned it from Bob Beal, but put my own twist on it. But it's called the North Star Challenge. And what I do is I tell each person I meet with every single person who starts on that first week, I say, I want a meeting with them and I'm going to talk with them. Even if I'm not their you know, direct report, I want to learn these people are coming into our company, into our organization. And I tell them, when you were born, you weren't born with GeoKey branded on you. You weren't born for this company. You were born for your own goals and your ambitions and what you want to achieve in your life. Now, wherever you work is the vehicle to get you to those goals. Some are going to be the Honda Civic. Some are going to be the Lamborghini. And I hope my organization is the Lamborghini to your goals. But before I can learn, get you there, I have to learn what those goals are. So what I do is I take them through four short minutes to learn that. And I ask them four questions. Why are you here? What are you going to do with your life? How are you going to do that? And what are you going to be known for when you're gone? What's your legacy? And I, did, I, and I start a timer and I ask a question. I say, get out a piece of paper and let what's right. Why are you here? And I give them 60 seconds. And the reason I only give them 60 seconds is because their subconscious is going to write it down. They're going to say it. They're not going to think about what their parents want, what their spouse wants for them, what what their friends want for them. They're actually going to write down what they want because it's not enough time to think about external influences. And so with this four minutes, I'm able to figure out about this person, what they want, what their values are, and we create this connection. And I do it with them. And I'm I am very... The goal is you have to be transparent. So I start off saying, this is why I think I'm here and so on. And we create this bond from the beginning. And we create this understanding that, okay, they go, Brandon, where are you going? This is where I'm going. Where do you want to go? And then I learn that. And so together, we create this alliance to both get there. It's that vehicle. And so through the North Star Challenge, you have that opportunity to make that relationship, to understand in a cultural setting this is where we're going, we're doing it together, and we're on the same page.
0: That's so powerful. That's really so powerful. My mind is sterling uh, uh, where I can use this, and there's so many places I could use this. So what do you recommend? Uh, because these questions are pretty deep. I mean, you soften it up by sharing yours first, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. But still, I think like it could be sensitive for some people to go that deep that early. So would you mm-hmm. do that when you start a relationship, or would you Warm into the relationship and do it then when there's already some level of trust. What's the best way?
1: Well, I would start analyzing your company first. Do you do you provide a care culture? You know, when they come in for their first interview, can they feel the energy of a care culture? Mm -hmm. If they don't feel that off the bat, this North Star Challenge isn't going to work. So at first, I would challenge people to say, what does your culture look like? Is it hard-nosed? Is it, you know, you show up and you get your job done and then you leave, and then you're going to go try to do a North Star challenge? They're going to go okay, this doesn't add up, you know? So first off, I would recommend if they can feel that energy at the beginning that this is a care culture, they come and they walk around and they see the people and people are excited and they're high-fiving and they're, and they're feeling it, then it's a little bit more of a, a softer approach to the North Star Challenge. And I always start off by saying, I'm here, you know, you, you say, I'm here to work for you just as much as you're here to work for me. And to prove it to you, I want to learn about you and I'm going to teach you about myself and we're going to see where we're going to go together. But that's the beginning. That's the foundation of transparency and figuring that out about each other. But what are you doing to follow up? You know, Your actions have to follow up where you're going after that to show that care culture.
0: That's right. So uh, you take this opening salvo, but you're setting the expectations and mm-hmm. then have to live up to the expectations. So you're putting yourself under pressure. And you know, I, I like to think of this Is what entrepreneurs do. We are willing to put ourselves under pressure and then use that pressure to force our performance. Yep. Whereas most people are, are afraid of the pressure, they never go there, so they never really have to get, you know, dig deep and, and get their real talents to the surface because it's, there's just no expectation set for them. Exactly. Not and that. pressure
1: makes diamonds, and transparency is the only way to get there.
0: Oh, pressure makes diamonds.
1: Wow. You know, I like to use the phrase human, uh, humanitarian tech. That's my whole goal. You know, I'm, I want to create amazing technologies, but the only way to make amazing transformative technologies is with a human, humanitarian aspect of it. It's by mm-hmm. combining the two that you create this, this concoction of amazingness, of a culture, and innovation to change the future.
0: Awesome. All right, another next question. Humanitarian tech. We, we should uh, slice this up into four different episodes. But <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. So another thing that you talked about, which really interests me, you said everything is a process. And uh, of course, you know, at some level, surface level, I understand everything is a process. But is it really true? Is everything is a process? Do you mean that literally? Uh, how do you mean this? And and what's the practical application of that?
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think it's definitely process driven like I said, I'm like a sales CEO, but I do have an operational core. I like to know that things are taken care of. In all my companies, I always want to give a white glove service. And if you are doing a free willy-nilly approach, like from the moment they pick up the phone to learn about you all the way until they get invoiced, all the way to reinforcement and follow-up, there has to be this love. And they have to know they're taken care of. Because I don't know what the audience is selling, how big of the tickets are, but if you're going to go 20, 25,000 plus tickets for bids, buyers' remorse may come in and you know insecurity and so on. So there has to be processes all the way along the way that they know the salesperson take care of me all the way to the project manager, to the onboarding spot specialist, to the customer experience specialist that you know is making sure that I'm educated all the way along the way until forever. And that doesn't just happen. You know, you have to have, we use so much technology from CRMs to project management platforms that things don't fall through the cracks. Um, on top of that, we do processes of verbiage processes. This is how you communicate. This is what you say. These are the questions you ask to show that you're listening and you understand. And so to us, we've learned by failure. It wasn't by reading it in some book or something like that. It was learned by failure and and then taking advice from others. To say, this is that flow and this is follow the processes. And that's when you'll get that true white glove service to your customers.
0: Okay. So when you say everything's a process, how processized is your business?
1: we've got a manual for about everything. (laughs) You know, our our sales manual is 35 pages. You know, we have engineering onboarding manuals. We have marketing manuals. We have style guides. We have technology and everything is in a drive and everybody can access it. So the information is accessible. You have to make sure it's accessible because if you're requiring your team to say, you got to know this, well, they better have everything right there whenever they need to access it. So, you know, we've taken a lot of time to develop these things, but if you really want to scale, and that's really the word that process and scalability go together, you want to scale, you can't, you can't, you have to have both to do it.
0: Okay. So do you feel like you have already created, uh, eliminated all single person dependency in GeoKey?
1: I have struggled with, in the past, with being one dimensional. Somebody gets sick, or somebody what has you know wants to go to their kid's soccer game, you know, and the rest of the team would hurt. A customer would hurt, and I was like, "What kind of world are we living in that people can't go to their soccer game or or go on a vacation or whatever?" So we put processes in place, and if if somebody is gone or something happens, this person steps in, or a technology goes down, this is the redundancy. If there's a storm, a catastrophe, this is how this is going to operate, and so we put these redundancies in place. Through, because of pain points, because we said, okay, we've experienced all these pain points up to this date, there's gonna be more and they're probably gonna be bigger. How do we predict the pain points, you know, 60, 90 days out, a year out, put processes in place now. So when it does happen, it's gonna hurt a little but it's not gonna kill us. And that's what we got straight on.
0: That's fantastic. Okay, so final question. And this is a strategic one. I have not asked this on this podcast yet, but I'm really curious how you think about this. So if you look at your business and you want to make it a sustainably leading business, which are really difficult to compete with, you know, think of like an IKEA that are dominating their sector. So becoming this category of one business, how do you dig the moat around your business to make sure that people cannot compete with it very easily? They can't figure it out. They can't copy your, your system.
1: Hmm. Well, we took a lot, we took years to get to the point that we're at right now because of the processes in place. There's a lot of things that go into that. Number one, you got to have the right people. You got to have the right team. Um, My team are way smarter than me. You know, they know know niche parts of its finance or engineering or customer support or sales in the position I am. I know a little bit about each one, but we have the right butts and the right seeds to say, this is what's going to happen. You got to have right culture. You got to have people that are all on the same page. We at one point we just hired because we wanted to put butts in seats. That was the worst thing we could have ever done because people were saying the wrong messages and they didn't, they didn't have conviction about what we're trying to do. You know, they just they were just a job to them. So finding the right people, having the right data, analyzing data, which way do we got to go? What time do we need to pivot? You know, my grandpa had a line, the only thing you can be married to is your wife. You know, it don't don't be so stubborn and set in your ways that nope, this is what we decided from the beginning. No, you might have to change paths. You might have to go this way. And you understand the data and listen, be intuitive enough to say, okay, we're gonna take a pivot. Put we talked about just like the redundancies, you know, prepare for the rainy days. You know, what put the processes in place that if this goes south, this is what we're gonna do. And really it's it comes down to that human humanitarian tech. And the care culture, Mm -hmm. if everybody knows the seats they're in and they truly care about the company, like it's their own, and you give them that freedom and the power to to act that way, innovation will come out. And innovation, I'm not just talking about a new app. I'm talking about innovation internally, new processes. How do we conduct a meeting? How do we communicate? And you just see just like phenomenal things come out with amazing ideas. You implement them. They're so excited and proud. And now you have buy-in and the whole team to go with.
0: That's awesome. I, lo- I love the care culture, this idea that you create a care culture where people will bring not just their minds, but their hearts as well. And they're going to come up with innovations with solutions because they care about the company. Their identity is linked to the company and they want to make it successful. So they become successful and the whole company becomes successful. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So where can people learn more about GeoKey? And you have another business. Uh, You want to talk about that as well, your auction uh, business? What is that about?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm third generation in international online heavy machinery auction business. That was a mouthful, but auctioneers talk fast, so we can say it up really fast. <laughs> but we do all online. We sell agriculture equipment and transportation equipment. You know, we started in back in 1972. This year is our 50 year anniversary. Grandpa started it. It was all on site auctions. Dad brought it online, and then I came in and I scaled it. So we do. We work with giant corporations in the ag and trucking world to provide full service experience from title transfer, money transfer, certified appraisals to getting it sold and transported, put the money right in that seller's pocket and an easy platform for the buyers.
0: Wow. So you're running both businesses and you are still taking time for being a podcast and figuring frameworks out. That's that's the, amazing. The so power yeah. of
1: processes, Steve, the power of processes.
0: Oh right, all right. You're leveraging yourself. You're cloning yourself all over the mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. So if people would like to learn more, they want to reach out to you, they want to find out about GeoKey, where they go, what's the best way to access all that information?
1: Yeah. If you want to jump on our site, DPA Auctions or GeoKey, you'll be able to find me. If you're looking for mobile access control and you're trying to create a more sustainable business when it comes to going green and then using modern technology, if you have an apartment complex to your corporate location, if you have padlocks for a utility company, you can go to geokeyaccess.com. If you're looking for uh, anything in the auction business, that's dpaauctions.com. And you can contact that there. If you're interested in learning more about care culture, you can go through the sites and find me. I'd love to talk to you about it.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Brandon. I know that you're active on LinkedIn as well. So Brandon Patterson, uh, the CEO of DPA Auctions and GeoKey. So thank you for coming on the show and sharing about the care culture, uh, the processes, your three Cs of marketing, lots of stuff. Pressure, pressure makes diamond as well. Lots of good stuff. We talked about. Thank you, thank you for your time.
1: Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me.